0: You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Take your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. My wife and I have loved being here so far. I know it's only been a little over a week and a half, um, but we have loved it. We feel like um, it's already becoming part of our home, and Lord willing, if we come back in May, then it, I know it will feel like we're coming home. And so we are, we're thankful for the opportunity we've gotten to uh, know you all, and I guess we still have about six, five or six weeks, and so we're looking forward to that. We're thankful for all the people that have had us over for lunch and supper And uh, anyway, so it's been great getting to know y'all. We're going to be back uh, with Joseph tonight. And uh, I did not necessarily plan on doing uh, a a mini Joseph series. um, But just a few weeks ago at our senior camp in Stillwater, uh, then the Lord just laid this passage on my heart. And so excited about it. So let's go ahead and stand. We're going to read from Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, we'll begin reading in verse 1. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors." And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him, and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaf stood round about, and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said, said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed another and he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the veil of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. Let's pray, and then you can be seated. Dear God, I'm so thankful for this day. Just thankful thankful for the opportunity I have to preach. And I'm thankful for uh, how you've worked in my heart with this message. And I pray you just help me to uh, get it across clearly. And I pray you just speak to hearts. And I pray you just uh, bless the night. And I pray you just uh, help us with the response. Help us to be sensitive to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. You can be seated. This evening, I'd like to start off just by telling you uh, about a young man that some of you may have heard of. His name was Lynn Bias. Lynn Bias was a power forward for the University of Maryland and uh, going into college, everyone could tell that Bias could be a very special player. Uh, he, he was kind of raw and, and, and an unfiltered talent, uh, but with the right coaching, with the right discipline and practice, uh, then it seemed like he could be a, a pretty good player in college. Um, and so through the years, he, he really uh, turned into a great college player, a great player. All four years, he improved, and he caught the eyes of just about every NBA team. And he, he caught the eyes of specifically the Celtics. And so they ended up drafting him in the uh, 1986 draft. And uh, Coach Red Arbach said that he could end up being the next Michael Jordan. I mean, that, that's pretty high praise coming from... Uh, someone like Red Arbuck, but then also talking about Michael Jordan, the best basketball player that's ever lived, um, that's pretty high praise. So th- this guy, he had it all lined up for him. Uh, but just days after he signed with the Celtics, um, long story short, he went out with some of his friends, and he ended up overdosing on cocaine and passing away. So here's this young man who, who had an incredible dream, an incredible opportunity to play in the NBA. It, it was all right in front of him. He, he had taken the right steps to get to, there, uh, to, to this point. But then, uh, in one moment, he ignored the right step of going to bed and then reporting to the Celtics the next day. Uh, and then he ended up losing that dream in one night. You know, that, this one example in millions uh, of people who have big dreams, who have aspirations, but maybe in one, in one wrong step, they can lose it all. But this evening, I want to look at a young man, Joseph, who uh, we, we, look in, we look at him, and he's the good example of that. He had a big dream, and he took the right steps to get there. So in verses 5, 5 through 7, Joseph dreams a dream. And the first thing that we notice is that Joseph's dreams were not his own. They weren't his own aspirations or dreams. They were God's dreams, God's dream for his life. These dreams that Joseph had were big dreams. The first dream that he had was a prophecy that, that one day Joseph would rule over his brothers. Now, jo- Joseph was the 11th out of 12 brothers. So, I mean, to, to think that uh, such a young sibling would rule over his older brothers and uh, his sisters if he had them, uh, it doesn't seem like that would end well. I, I, we've been living with the Jets, and, and to think that Jace would be the boss of Audrey and Olivia would, would seem pretty crazy. I think he would he might like that, but... The girls probably wouldn't. Uh, but, so, I mean, especially in this time, it, it was very rare for, for a younger sibling to have any, any say, any power over his older sibling. The firstborn typically had all the rights. So this was rare. This was a, a, a different kind of dream. And the second dream really just confirmed all of that to say that, that Joseph would one day rule over his brothers and his father and his mother you know that that is seems like a crazy dream, especially for that time, but that's exactly what God had planned for joseph and and he had big big plans for joseph and uh but only if Joseph would just get on board and be sold out to God's dream. I can't imagine what Joseph was thinking at this time when he had this dream I can't even imagine, but uh, you know it wasn't uncommon for God to speak to men through dreams. I know now it's it's hard to believe that that well, God doesn't speak through dreams now, uh, but then it was very common. God, God spoke to Abraham uh, to, to uh, give him the covenant um, that, that Joseph would end up carrying on as well. But then God also used a dream to tell Abimelech uh, that he would be sinning if he married Sarai, Abraham's wife. He also spoke to Jacob, Joseph's father, in a dream to tell him that, that the covenant he made with Abraham was being passed on to Jacob. So it was not uncommon for God to speak to Uh, men through dreams and that's exactly what he did uh, with joseph here but another reason we know this dream was from god and it wasn't just joseph was uh because of the brothers brothers and jacob's response to it in verse 8 we see that uh well i'll just read it for you and his brethren said unto him shalt thou indeed reign over us or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us and they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words you know, if this is something that Joseph made up, they, they would just laugh it off. I mean, I know whenever I have a dream and I, I tell it to my wife or whoever, then they're pretty crazy, and they just, they just laugh. It's, it's just a, a, a weird dream. Um, but that's not, that's not how the brothers responded here. They knew from the beginning that it was true. They, they knew that it was a prophecy and that it was from God. So we see that, that Joseph's dream was not something he made up. It's not something that was his own personal ambition. It was a God-given dream. I mean, how, how incredible is that, that, that God would, would speak to a young man, a 17-year-old, and, and tell him that, that he's going to be ruling over his family, that, that God has such a big dream for him. I, again, I can't imagine what is going on through, through Joseph's mind. Now, I'd imagine he'd be absolutely stoked, um, but also extremely nervous about how God would, would carry out this dream for him. I, I, I wouldn't be able to get it off my mind. We don't know what Joseph was feeling at the moment, but we do know what his family was was uh, thinking. Not everybody was happy about God's dream for Joseph. Um, Joseph's brothers already hated him quite a bit because of of uh, his father's favoritism showed to him. His brothers did not like that, and this just added fuel to the fire. But I, I didn't, obviously, Joseph was not the most tactful sibling out there. Um, If I knew my brothers hated me, I I probably wouldn't go and and tell them that I was going, that they were going to bow before me. I probably wouldn't do that. But, you know, you'd expect some kind of support from, from your family. If, if you knew that God had, had an incredible dream from someone in your family, you should be excited about it. But uh, his brothers just hated him for it. But Jacob had a little bit different response for, for uh, Joseph's dreams. You know, Jacob did rebuke him for for uh, being so so bold about it, and, and again, probably wasn't the most tactful thing to do. But Jacob's response was different. You know, I'm sure that there could have been feelings of envy or, or jealousy that, that God was going to use Joseph in in such an incredible way, and and Jacob had had such a such a hard road. Um, but we don't see those feelings from him. All we see is support and and uh, a willingness to help Joseph, and. You know, many times we, when, when someone comes up to us and, and we see that God has worked in their life or, or God wants to do something special in their life, many times it can be hard to, to not be resentful or be envious. But we, we should be like Jacob, who, who was supportive and, and who, who didn't hate Joseph for his dreams, but tried to help him. Now, I think that is definitely a goal that we should have. But this point right here where, uh, is where I believe Joseph sets himself apart from the rest of the, the average people who dream to do big things. Though Joseph had a big dream, he just took the, the next right step in front of him, which was obedience. Look, look at verse 12. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. Now, I like to put myself in uh, the Bible character's shoes. I think if I was Joseph, I could definitely see myself just, just sitting there thinking, Man, how cool is this? How cool am I? How awesome is this going to be to, to see my big brother bow before me, to, to think of the mighty Reuben and all my older brothers bowing before me? That'd be a pretty cool feeling. Um, you know, I'd be daydreaming about all the power I'd have, all the money, what I would do with the money. Now I, I can't even imagine it. But if it were me, I could definitely see myself being absolutely worthless because I'd be gloating in the fact that I'd be the next leader of my family. Everyone would be a servant to me. Or, you know, think about this. Joseph has just been been given this incredible dream. And as a 17-year-old, I, I can imagine thinking, man, how, how am I gonna do this? How, how am I going to achieve this, this dream that God has for me? I'm, I'm 17, I've got, 11, I've got 10 older brothers, what, what am I gonna do? How do I accomplish this? Well, it didn't end up being too complicated for Joseph, because, uh, as, we, as we just read, the answer to his question was just laid out in front of him, and it was not complicated. The way Joseph would achieve God's dream for him was to take the first right step in front of him, and that was obeying his father and checking on his brothers. He didn't, Joseph didn't let the dreams get to his head. He, he, didn't, he didn't overcomplicate it. He just, he just took the next right step, what his father told him, and obeyed it. Joseph saw that God wanted to do big things in his life, but those things would only come if he obeyed his father. He didn't let his dream overwhelm him. He didn't let it become a license to be proud or lazy. He just obeyed and he went on with his life. That is how Joseph was able to reach God's dream for his life, by taking the small steps that God laid out for him. If you think about it, all throughout Joseph's life, Joseph never tried to get ahead of God's plan or tried to achieve God's dream for him his own way. He always just did the next right thing. When he was sold as a slave into Potiphar's house, God was with him because he just worked hard and he obeyed and and did what he was supposed to do where he was at. He didn't try to shortcut the process, he didn't try to push his way to the top, and God blessed him. God blessed him for just doing the right thing in the moment. When Joseph was tempted to commit adultery with Potiphar's wife, he took the next right step in front of him and said no to sin. When he was thrown into prison for no reason, then Joseph just, just did what he was told and he ended up being an example to his other cellmates and he ended up being able to get a position in, in the prison because he did the next right thing. When Joseph got to, Potiphar, uh, got, got to Pharaoh's house, he just obeyed, he, he obeyed Pharaoh, he, he conducted himself in a, in a godly manner and God, and God uh, promoted him. And then Joseph's brothers, when he came back, when, when those brothers came back, he didn't, become, he, he didn't become bitter. He didn't become angry at his brothers for what they did to him. He just gave it to God, and God used it in an incredible way in his life. Yeah, I mean, every, time, every time Joseph was faced with doing the right thing, or a, a, every time that Joseph could have worried about, what am I going to do in this dream? What, what am I going to do with this dream? It, I'm in prison. How, how is God going to achieve this? How, how can I do this? Well, he just took the next right step. All he did was take the, the right step in front of him. Amen. God's dream for Joseph was reached by taking little steps. You know, we can learn a lot from this story in Joseph's life. Um, I, I believe that, that we can use his response to God's dream for him as a blueprint for our lives. Yes. The first thing we can learn from Joseph's example is it matters whose dream we follow it's so easy to want to follow our own dreams, our own ambitions, our own desires. Those things aren't always bad, but when it gets in the way of God's dream, then, then that's where it is a problem. You know, I, I think we should all ha- have things that we want to achieve, goals that we set at the beginning of the year. I know sometimes it gets a bad rap, but I, I feel like we should always be setting goals and, and trying to achieve them. Whether that's losing weight, running a race, getting a raise at work, bettering your mind, writing a book, um, becoming debt-free, building a strong business. There, there are so many dreams that, that we can try to attain personally. And again, those things aren't bad. But when they get in the way of God's dream for our lives, then that's, that's when we can get in trouble. And that's when we, we don't fulfill, uh, fulfill our role that God has given us. When pursuing God's dream, all others have to take a back seat. We, we have to buy in into God's dream. If Joseph were to try to accomplish his dreams and his ambitions, that would have put him in direct disobedience to his father, which would, which would be in disobedience to God. If he, if, he had, uh, it, if, he, if he hadn't taken the next right step, he would have been in sin with Potiphar's wife. He would have had an awful testimony with his cellmates. Who, who knows what else? He, he would have been bitter with his brothers. Before Joseph could do anything for the Lord, he had, he had to put aside his own dreams, his own ambitions, and buy into God's dream for his life. Amen. I, and I know you, you, may, you may think, well, God, God doesn't have a dream for my life. I, I, God couldn't use me. But God has a very specific plan and a very specific dream for each one of us, for each Christian. He has a very specific goal, a very spe- specific plan for you. Here, here, here's what God says about uh, his dream for your life. Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, yes. for this is the whole duty of man. First Corinthians ten thirty one: Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. Every single area, do all to the glory of God. How about 1 Corinthians six twenty? For ye are bought with a price; therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See God's purpose, God's dream for your life is to give him all honor and all glory in every aspect of your life. In every single aspect, whatever it is, you should glorify God. But but not just that, God wants you to be a disciple. Part part of God's dream for the Christian life is that you become a disciple and not a consumer. I know know we've heard preaching from that, a lot of preaching from it. I'm not going to try to re-preach it. But part of being a disciple is being separated from the world and being different. I've heard it said that uh, you can only make a difference if you yourself are different. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not talking about a weird different, I'm talking about separated from the world where you can make a difference. How, how can we expect to reach a lost and dying world if we're going into Walmart, if we're going into our workplace and we're listening to the same music, wear the same clothes, laugh at the same jokes, talk the same, have the same bad spirit, kids that act the same. How, how can we make a difference if we're acting the same, how, how is that gonna to look to a lost and dying world if, if we're no different than, than they are? Why, do they, why would they want to have what we have? Right. It, it, it doesn't make sense. Joseph was not able to do the things that he did for the Lord because he was just like the Egyptians or because he fit in in the jail. No, he, he didn't even fit in with his brothers. It, it was because he was different and that's when God used him. He was sold out to God's dream. God's dream is for you to become a disciple to honor, to glorify him in every aspect of your life. That means every decision you make, you're considering what God would want you to do. In every job change, in in every every, uh, conversation you have, you have to be thinking, what would God want me to do in this situation? That is what a disciple is. It means you're living a separated life from the world in your speech, your dress, your actions. In every area, you're seeking to honor and to glorify God having a personal relationship with him. That is God's dream. And when, when you're truly seeking God in, in his dream, in his will for your life, then your, your personal ambitions, your dreams, they're going to line up with God's. And, and you know what? You're going to be achieving both God's dream and your dream because your dreams are going to be are going to be exactly lined up with God's. Now, I, I don't know exactly what it is that, that God is going to call you to do, it may be full-time ministry. It may be working a job and being a light there. Whatever it is, God's dream is for you to glorify him in it. But obviously, anyone can know that God has a dream for them. Anyone can know uh, that they, they could be at full-time ministry or, or be where they're at. But as as we talked about before, you can have that dream and take a wrong step and lose it. And that, that's where we can take another another example out of uh, Joseph's playbook, and that is not to complicate the living out of God's dream. It, it doesn't have to be complicated. Right. You know, learn, yeah. in, instead of learning about God's dream for his life and, and spending all his time worrying about how he was going to accomplish it, he just took the next right step in front of him, obeying his father. Joseph didn't try to jump as far as he could into, into that dream and try to do it all on his own in, in, one, in one leap, in one bound. It, it just took one small step at a time, obeying his father and obeying his heavenly father. There is the tendency at times is to try and skip a step, to, to try and, and you have a goal and you just want to get there as quick as possible. And it's easy to get overwhelmed and bogged down and want to just skip a bunch of steps. But that's not how it works. That's not, that's not how, I wish that is, but that's not how it works uh, several years ago, Brother Jet mentioned this on Sunday, uh, Brother Jet and Miss Aaron and I decided to run a half marathon. My dad was going to be running uh, a marathon in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, one of, the, one of the few that's on a Saturday. And so we decided we'd, we'd ride along and, and see if we could run the half marathon, which is 13.1 miles. You know, when, when we started uh, training, when we started out running, uh, we, we, we didn't run 13.1 miles. Brother Jett and I could have. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that, that we couldn't just go out and run 13.1 miles. We wanted to help Miss Erin. Um, no, I am kidding. You no, know, she she was helping us. Um, but when we started, we, we, we just had to run a mile. You know, one, one morning we'd run a mile. The next week we'd run two miles, then three, then four. And, and sometimes three and four were harder, were, were hard. Hard. And then we'd get to eight miles, but one mile would, would, would seem hard at times. Yeah. You, know, you know what? It, t- it took us getting up three or four times a week and just running mile after mile. It, we, didn't, we didn't start out with 13. And that's exactly, ex- that's exactly how God's dream works for us. He doesn't expect us to, to go zero to 13. He doesn't expect you to go zero to a, 1,000. To a what, whatever it is, we just have to take the next right step. And that's how God, God has, has designed it for us. Start off small and take the next right step. So what does it look like? Well, at, as, as uh, is obvious, you, you cannot take a step towards God's dream if you don't know 100% sure that you're going to heaven when you die. You, you, that, that is the very first simple step. And if you're not sure, then you, you've got to get that settled tonight or, or you will not be achieving God's dream. But after that, you, you know what a little step is? is waking up every morning, giving yourself enough time to read God's word. Every morning, praying. You know This is so important. I know, I know we hear it all the time. You've heard it from when we were little kids. The, the, the kids' song. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. It, it sounds so simple, but that's what, that's what one step is. Read your Bible, pray. Psalms 119 says, How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word and prayer is the only way we will know which step to take. That that is is a a step that we have to take. That is where we'll find direction for our lives. That's where we find out God's dream for our lives. Another little step that we can take is just simply giving someone a track. You well, know, part of God's dream for our life is not, not that we will just uh, just be, be in the Bible and have our, have our face in the book all the time. You have gotta look out and see the lost world around us. So take a track to Walmart, take a track to the gas station, hand it out. Uh, you may not get a great response then, but maybe in a bad time, someone, someone will think back to that track and they'll read it and they might get saved or they might come to church. We're supposed to be reaching people And that's a small step. Maybe a small step that you need to take is just being faithful to church and and being at church every time the doors are open. Decide that God has you here at Eastside Baptist Church for a reason. God has given you the church family and the pastor that you need uh, to to be spiritually fed. Every every week, three times a week, you get to hear a a great message from, from the Lord. And that's exactly what, what God has given you to grow spiritually. And, and you should be here for it. it. It is exactly what we need. But maybe God is calling you into, into full-time ministry. Or, or maybe he wants you to be more involved at the church and in the Lord's work. A small step you can take is helping with the rummage cell. I, I know that's, that's a really small step. But that, that's what we need. Or, or helping to clean the church after, after services helping in the children's ministry, whatever it is, just get involved. And that's a small step to reaching God's dream, for, for reaching others, for being a disciple. That's exactly, exactly what we need to do and get involved. Amen. Those are the kind of small steps that it will take to reach God's dream for your life of becoming a disciple. To get involved, be, be in the word, prayer. God wants us to be disciples. You know, it won't always be easy to pursue God's dream and his desires for your life. It, it, for, for Joseph, there was a lot of opposition. And you, you too can face opposition when, when uh, you're trying to attain God's dream. It could be like Joseph, that, that some of your family may not agree with all the decisions you make. Maybe your coworkers make fun of you. Or maybe it's just your own flesh. Whatever it is, you'll face some opposition. But just take the next right step in front of you. If you're not careful, you could lose the dream and all the things that God wants to do with you if you keep taking the wrong steps. But the encouraging part is that you don't, you don't have, all, all you have to do to get on the right track is just take the next right step. Amen. Just go and change your direction, take the next right step in front of you. I don't know exactly what God's dream looks like for you, uh, but, but I do know that he desires that you become a disciple and that you glorify and honor him with everything that you do in your life. That is God's dream. Are you going to buy into it and take the next step? Or are you going to live your own, your own dream and try to achieve your own goals? What dream did you live today? Did you take steps towards God's dream? Or did you take steps towards your dream? Decide today, decide tonight that it doesn't matter how far you've gotten off the path. It doesn't matter how far you've gotten away from God's dream. Decide today that you're going to buy into God's dream for your life. You're going to become a disciple. You're going to get saved if that's the step that you need to take. You're going to be in God's word tomorrow morning. You're you're going to be praying tomorrow morning. You're going to invite someone to church. Take that next step. Buy into God's dream. Live out God's dream for your life. Let's pray. You can stand. I'll turn it over to pastor after I pray. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.